bios are, are BS uh, or, or else boring. Uh, I don't care when I publish someone how many uh, magazines or online publications they have. Uh, I just want to know if their poem's good or, or, or not. Uh, but if it's somebody new, I usually ask them for it. Uh, but like I said, they're mostly self-inflating and they're mostly bull. And so uh, I think if you're going to be a poet, uh, your bio should be a poem. Uh, why, why do a big prose thing with a whole bunch of comments? So uh, when I was asked the last time for a bio, I don't remember the publication, I sent him this poem uh, and I called it Song of Myself because uh, I had to read that when I got my master's degree. And uh, instead of writing a big, long paper uh, about Walt, uh, I asked the professor, I said, can I carve you a small bust of Walt Whitman instead of that? He said, absolutely. So <laughs> I got out of writing it and I get, gave him a hand carved bust, which wasn't hard to do because he's mostly all, all beard anyway. <laughs> anyway, this song is, uh, or this poem is called Song of Myself. In 1960, Scott Young watched Hopalong and Roy Rogers from a green Naugahyde sofa stitched in cowboys and bucking broncos complete with wagon wheel arms. On Saturday mornings, he cocked his red rider rifle before ARs and AKs, before the country went to hell in a hate basket when the good guys always won. It also was in search of father answers, I guess. So this poem here is called uh, The Greatest Generation Goes to War. Tom Brokaw said, you were from the greatest generation, but you went 4F instead of being inducted with your brothers. Instead of storming the beach at Normandy, the army said not acceptable for military service. You were not good enough to be the first to die when they dropped the ramp. The greatest generation didn't talk about the war. Your war stories were never discussed. You disappeared for weeks on induction day, never dropped the ramp to hit the beach or even stopped to let others aboard, but spent the next 50 years going 4F, drowning in the land of sky blue waters. Most days after work, wrapping yourself around a can or a bottle, trying to forget, or was it to remember? Every other Saturday, we would get a haircut at Joe's and stop in the hangout bar for a couple. You sat at the table when you had me along. Wasn't right for a kid to sit at the bar, you'd say, at age seven. Would, wasn't right for a kid to sit at the bar, you'd say. At age seven, I asked you once, Daddy, what did you do in the war? You swirled your beer in the glass, those blue eyes narrowed, looking right through me, drank it down, ordered another ask if I wanted a Coke and don't tell your mother we were here. They say you never asked the greatest generation about the war. The ones that made it back will take their stories to the grave. The ones that never made it will do the same every single day. Uh, I've got a poem about her. If well, you want weird. me to read that, it's called Gone with the Wind for Butterfly McQueen. 
I met Miss McQueen in 74. She was on stage in Kansas City in a starring role, and I cleaned up after the dinner show and all the money went home. She told me once I would do great things. I told her I wanted to go in construction. Shaking her head, she said with the biggest smile, that's not what she saw. She didn't care for streets paved with gold and never believed in those Jesus myths that her first acting job was a maid and will probably be her last role as well. That when she did Gone with the Wind, she couldn't go to the premiere. It was whites only. When I said that was a long time ago, Miss McQueen, she smiled, placed her hand on my arm, shook her head. No, honey, it's not. We were talking about uh, the Bulldog, Bob Brown, and Murdoch, and th this happened. Uh, th th this poem came out of when uh, the Dusty Rhodes, myself, Dick Murdoch, and Bulldog, Bob Brown, uh, left the club one night that I worked at, and we were going down to a place in Kansas City called Nichols Lunch, and it stayed open all, all night, and they had the best breakfast. And uh, we went there, and uh, we were all pretty well soused, and Murdoch uh, thought he was funny, and uh, <laughs> he ordered my breakfast and paid for it. I thought he ordered scrambled eggs and ham but it wasn't ham. And uh, so I didn't f f f find out till I had e eaten it. And then he started laughing at me. And, and anyway, this song or this song, this poem is called brings and eggs after the main event. We left Jerry's after the bar closed in Bulldogs, El Dorado headed to Nichols lunch. When Murdoch pulled a 357, spun the cylinder and shot a hole through the backseat floorboard at 39th and Main. When my ears quit ringing, we were halfway through our brains and eggs. <laughs> this is the. And I was George Bernard Shaw and something that he had written once or i don't know if it, that he said uh you know that that cliche that phrase the, the the those who can do and those who can't teach well that pretty much pisses me off and most teachers i would imagine so uh this one uh is called and those that can teach creative writing <laughs> There's a fine line in letting them know how broken you were at their age. They first have to trust you and the others in the class before they open that vein and spill blood all over blank pages with thin blue lines. They need to know that before you tell them of the, they need to know that before they tell you of the verbal, physical, and sexual abuse, you aren't one of the bad guys. They need to feel it deep down. They need to see it in your eyes and in the tears you can't control, no matter how tough you thought you were. To do was it this this took place not too long ago. And uh, it's called After Breakfast, the last day of school. JC sat in my office, buried his heads and head in his hands, sobbing between blurting out, fuck, fuck, fuck. 
said that some kid looked at him wrong, called him a psycho. He said it's getting worse, been like this his whole life, and every father he's ever had called him worthless. Before I made the call, he made a gun with his hand, put a finger to his temple, and said, this is how it ends today. Fuck this. I lied to him and said it will get better when he gets older. He looked up with nothing in his eyes and pulled the trigger. And uh, this poem's called Song for Merrill. We broke up in 69. My band played your junior high dance and I sang you a song I just wrote about our teen love and broken hearts brought you to tears, which was probably my intent. We moved moved on as kids do never spoke again at 23 you wrote your own song about broken hearts with carbon monoxide in a closed up garage full tank of gas slow idle i never wrote another song for no other reason than just because i don't remember the lyrics now but 50 years later i can still see your eyes every time you smiled i will sing that song i know all the words uh, it's called Poetry 101 at 7.45 a.m. I never sat with Brodigan in a North Beach bar or hit out with Bukowski in the City of Angels. But if I had, I may have learned early what the pages don't reveal. Instead, I taught a poetry class to your abused, broken, and neglected children and started to give them metaphors, similes, and personification but they knew figurative language well enough and tried to wear the face of normal, wanting to be like other kids, tried to hide the scars with just ink tattoos and too much mascara. They read their poems of incest, of rape, of beatings, of parents in prison, of foster homes, of being hooked on meth made down a dead end country road, of how life is not supposed to be at age 15. They learned that given human characteristics to inanimate objects sometimes lessen the pain. But I changed my lesson plan when one of them said, hey, teach, what is good poetry? I suppose it is keeping your wounds close to the surface so they can heal quicker. Is that it? On most days it is.